Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to this House of Wrestling on Inside the Ropes exclusive interview. Today, I am shining a spotlight on one of my favorite, most interesting people in the entire pro wrestling business. You may have known him as Hornswoggle in the WWE, Swoggle elsewhere, but we're going to call him Dylan Postle here today, if that's all right. Dylan, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me here today. That's more than all right. I uh, that's, that's quite the intro. Quite the intro. One of your favorites. As I always say, probably tied for second or... I'm second. Everyone else is tied for first, I'm sure. Uh, but thank you. That's uh, That was very, very kind of you. Let's have some fun. Well, you are so interesting, Dylan, because you've just been involved in so many like wild stories in pro wrestling over there. Nothing, by the way, controversial, just like weird, you know? I yeah, don't know it's, uh, I, I always say when there's not an out, oh, let's get that hornswoggle guy. <laughs> You are the out in many ways yeah. for people, but that's, Hey dude, it's great, man. You've got a great fan, you got great fandom. A lot of people that follow you, love you. And right now you are doing some things on your own. Let's start yeah. here before we go off into some of the kind of pro wrestling tangents. Uh, uh yeah. Tell boy, us about the space you're building. Yeah. Trying the, the postal industries brand, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, started up a YouTube channel a bit ago. Uh, it started kind of with some, just some unboxings and just fun stuff like that. Uh, and then I was like, our friend uh, Ethan Page said, hey, start. He said vlogging. I hate the term vlogging because I'm 37 years old. So mm. it's a video diary to me. And uh, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start video diarying my life because I feel that from my perspective, not only visually, but all around what I do and what I get involved in can be interesting to people. And so I really, really uh, am loving doing the video diaries. Um, my son loves that I'm doing the video diaries, I'm sure, because he's gained a stardom that no one saw coming. Uh, so between that and then uh, a podcast that derived from the Major Pod Network, my friends Brian and Matt, and I say friend loosely with Matt, Come but <laughs> my friends over at the Major Podcast, um, I started this Going Postal podcast which is myself and George Feast, just kind of chatting all things, my career, my life. Uh, this last episode that just came out Wednesday was uh, about the day I got released. So it was a kind of a hard hitting. Uh, we always, we always kind of joke about how I go from very, very sarcastic a-hole at times, Dylan to heartfelt Dylan on the show and it's uh this week was very much that where it was it was a roller coaster of emotions for me and it was very like almost therapeutic so yeah going postal podcast um visually you can watch it for free on youtube otherwise you can download it and check it out anywhere you subscribe or find your favorite podcasts so again you know dylan You've had such a wide ranging career. You've been a part of so many interesting things. Yeah. When when you talk to fans and people are looking for you and your content, what do you find that most people 
relate to you from your career? What do they what do they associate you with the most often? Vince's son. Which <laughs> people, always, people always say Vince's son. Guys, I say this in every interview. Now. I was Finley's kid. Yes. Like, I'm not Vince's son. When I go to Horse Cave, Kentucky, man, how's your dad Vince? That's not my dad. First off, <laughs> a real dad is Eric Postel. One of the coolest humans on the planet. Probably the coolest human on the planet is my real dad. My storyline father was Finley. So it's you true. watched the child reveal, which was me. And then you just shut it off? It, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like this, he... Daddy Vince, Daddy Vince is going through some some tough times right now. True, but that's not my dad. <laughs> that's Shane's dad. That's Stephanie's dad. That's not my father. Like, I I wouldn't go to the star of Free Willy. Like the little kid in Free Willy. I don't even know his name. Sure. I, I would have to do a Google check on that. I wouldn't go to him and be like, "Hey, how's your dad?" I wouldn't go like meaning the dad in the movie. Right. Like, right. I'm not going to the the shitty kid in Little Giants and being like, hey, how's your father at O'Neill? <laughs> I'm not doing that. By the way, how recently did you watch Little Giants to quickly make that reference? I love Little Giants. Little Giants is at least a three times a year watch. Wow, really? Love Little Giants. Little Giants is First off, I know nothing about sports. I know all of my sports through my friends. I can watch baseball still to this day, and every baseball game I watch or football game, I have questions about rules because I just hate sports. Uh, but Little Giants, I know because that's that's how I know sports. That's pretty much that. And Mighty Ducks, Mighty Ducks, I know hockey, uh, and Little Giants, I know for football. Correct me if I'm wrong. Little Giants, that's Ed O'Neill and Rick Moranis, is Rick it not? Moranis. Oh, man. Yes. And that's not the first time they teamed up. They did Big Bully, too, which is another film worth checking out. Uh, no, that was not Ed O'Neill. That was that was he married Roseanne Barr. What's his name? Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold and Rick Moranis. I talk about on the podcast every week we get into a movie talk where George will bring up a movie that I should have seen. and I've never seen it. And we've realized my movies are three categories. Muppets. Disney has to make me laugh. If I if it's not one of those three things, George, the co-host of Going Postal, came up to me. He said, hey, like, we realized I've never seen a Tom Hanks movie in my life. I've never seen a Brad Pitt movie. Like, the only Tom Hanks movie I've seen, actually I have, Castaway and Toy Story. Great movie. Those. I turned Forrest Gump off after 10 minutes because I was so annoyed by by the talking. It just made, <laughs> it made me, it pissed me off. So I just turned yeah. it off. Got it. Was it because it was offensive or you just don't like people from the South or like? I love people from the South. Okay. But it was just like, this guy's just going on and on, on, a, on a bench, on a park bench. What the hell are we doing here? Like, there's more on. to it. He goes to Vietnam. Anyway, we're not going to go into Forrest Gump. Um, that I, I do. I do love your, uh, your love of little giants here. Um, you brought up uh, your biological father and storyline is Finley. Do you still talk to your dad, Finley? Do you yeah. and Finley keep in yeah, touch? Yeah, I, uh. Cool thing, a few weeks ago, I teamed with Brogan Finley, his youngest son. Uh, we had we had a tag match in, in Chicago. And like that coming full circle, like seeing Brogan as a legit child, like child, child, uh, thumb in his mouth. I and now tagging with him was incredible. Like it was it, we FaceTimed fit 
after the match and we just had it we all had a good laugh so that's like a it's like a weird dream six man of mine of me brogan and uh david yeah all teaming together like in a, in a weird six man just all of fitz kids oh man that would be great and wait have you have you worked with david yet or no no i've uh oh. i don't think i've been on a show no because he was he's over and he's doing he's in japan he's the he's leader of bullet club right now yeah Swaggle doesn't do Japan, like New Japan. <laughs> okay. They don't bite a lot of asses in New Japan. Okay. <laughs> so wait, are you saying that you aren't going to join Bullet Club? I mean, Is that what? Yeah. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Scott Demore was in Bullet Club. I have full reign to be in Bullet Club. Your dad, your brother is running Bullet Club right now. I don't know why you're not in Bullet Club. Give me a payday, brother. Okay, got it. Wonderful. Oh, I didn't want to miss this. I did think about this as you brought up the Muppets. I absolutely loved Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem on Disney. Muppets Mayhem. Muppets so, Mayhem, yes. It's like weirdly emotional. It's a very, very good series. Awesome series. Awesome, awesome series. Uh, I won't, I can't like, Landon and I, my son, we're on episode 10 and I don't want to, I keep like pushing it off because I don't want to finish the series. And it's, man. It was, it's so good. And it's like, I told my uh, kind of friends with the the Muppet company, I, I texted him. I said, this is such a, a heartfelt, but fun show on characters that have never been featured before in Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Animals always like a Mount Rushmore, uh, you know, a top five, as they say, fab five of the Muppets. But Animal. the others, the others are just never featured especially like lips and zoot no one even know who they were and now there's man i love it it's such a fun series and i really hope it gets it picked up for a second season and i hope that they need a little guy in the background drinking coffee because that's i will be the perfect guy for that talk a, so wait talk a little bit about your involvement or how did it how did it come about are you just part of the muppet family now do you get involved no i would no not at all i just uh i would love to be part of the muppet verse but I, I'm just, I'm hoping that it picks up so I can like call in possibly 97 favors just to get a walking in the background role. I, I just, man, to do another Muppet production, the first one is so much fun and it's such a dream come true. Literally just to hang out with the people that I, that I met doing uh, Muppets Most Wanted years ago. Um, still keeping in touch with them has been just a, a really, really cool thing, a cool part of my life. Well, and uh, you talk about your son here, he's created his own following and all of that. Does he have interest in, I mean, look, generational talent, that's the vibe right now in pro wrestling. Does your son have the bug? Is he going to be descending into to the carnival world of pro wrestling? Uh, I mean, I, I would I would love to say no, absolutely not. Oh, boy. But, man, he, he's good. At, he's 13 years old. Okay. And he is leaps and bounds better than he should be like he goes to our, our our school on his own just by himself and just practices once a week uh he's just he's good man he's he's got it he's somehow got it and uh it scares me it it truly does scare me how good at 13 he is and if he continues how good he could be I, uh, I'm not predicting the future by any means. And I never, I never want to, cause he, I, I want him to try other things because this, uh, this crazy world 
has a lot of dead ends, obviously, as we know. Um, but man, it would be uh, it would be pretty cool. It would be pretty cool if, if something worked out. But at 13, I, I he's just he's good. He's good, and he's it's gonna be great to watch. I hope to be riding his coattail someday. Oh man, isn't that the dream? Man, right? it's crazy. Like it would be it would be absolutely insane. It really would. Um, my company, ACW Wisconsin, has our huge Water City Wrestling Con event. And this year I teamed with Brian Myers and Ethan Page on the show. So it was just three buddies in a six-man tag. And five minutes before the show, or before our match, we're literally, I'm lacing up my shoes. Five minutes before they go, yeah, so then afterwards, Landon will come in and do his spot. I go, excuse me? They go, well, yeah, we already planned it out with him. I said, you planned it out with my own kid? <laughs> I have no idea. So it ended up happening. We we, we go over, obviously. Uh, and then Landon, they call Landon out, and he hits a f- tadpole splash off the top. And it was the highest frog splash. It was like Montez Ford level <laughs> frog splash. Where there's just the coolest photo of him that I that I tweeted out there, and he is so high in the air that Brian is even like, "Oh no!" He <laughs> it, it was the coolest thing, and in front of 1,200 people, just giving him that them two going out of their way to give him that moment, and it's just they're just friends. That's 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 friendship right there. Do you do you Dave Hero sit around like, "No, my kid had the cooler moment on my show." No, my kid had the cooler moment on my show. No, no, I fully go, my kid had. <laughs> a standout moment like there was i i had no like i did nothing on that show i did my usuals i twisted a nipple (laughs) i bit an ass i bit a finger i did a choke slam great my kid stole the match has there has there ever been an ass you wouldn't bite has there no pay me (laughs) you pay me i'm biting in the ass okay like Jesus, I don't care. You've brought up Ethan Page, I believe, twice now in this interview. He, he's the best. Let's talk about Ethan here for a second. I hadn't talked, I hadn't planned on it, but since you are so close with Ethan and love him so much, man, that guy has taken lemons and turned it into lemonade with the Hardy stuff. I mean, he was really putting kind of an odd spot on dark with Matt. And I don't know what do you what do you what do you take away? What do you think people can learn from what what Ethan was able has been able to do here? So in AEW. I, yeah, I, uh, I, was, I talked about him and I talk, I can talk about Brian uh, Myers in this Kurt Hawkins in this same situation. They're given something that should possibly fail. And they're like, like Brian with the, the losing streak and they're making it so big and they're making it stand out on a show full of so many thing, other things going on. You remember Brian losing for so long. You remember Ethan, maybe not what he does in the match, but him dancing like an absolute idiot. Like, just, you remember it. And I, he came over to the house when, when I had him in a couple months ago. And we were hanging out. And I go, you've worked with everyone, like every top guy so far. And I couldn't believe it. He hasn't been there that crazy long. And he's worked with everyone. And it's just, it's, I am so happy for him that the roller coaster ride he's been on, like exactly what you said, he's taken lemons and made lemonade and he's, he's a household name now when it comes to the AEW roster. And it's not because he's used at this level. It's because he's entertaining. He does his promo work is great. And he just, he, he makes you remember what he's doing. 
Could you see Ethan in the AEW world title picture here in the next three years? Yes, of course I could. Yeah, me too. Man, it, the thing about Ethan is, not not to blow too much smoke up his own ass here, but his his body finally caught up to his mind. You know, he's got such a great mind, I think, for pro wrestling, really knows how to connect with wrestlers and tell those stories in and out of the ring. It's when his wife got him a nutritionist and he finally got jacked that he was finally able to put all the pieces together and really take off. And I'm happy. You know, different people need different pieces put together. I think that was he's, a missing piece uh, for him. I, I, I could not be happier. And when I see that kind of thing happen to, uh, to a guy that's always been a friend of mine and a close friend and, and treated people around him well, um, I, I couldn't be happier. Well, last time we saw you on national television, I think was in AEW as part of the uh, Jericho Appreciation Society Las Vegas retreat. Yes. Was it that or did I do impact after that? Maybe you might have an impact. I'm thinking about AEW and yes. WWE. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just the uh, the one off for the, uh, the the Vegas retreat. So any talk of you going back and doing more with the company or no? Not that I know of. I mean, I would love to. Uh, in ring probably is uh, is behind me. If uh, if I'm I'm being honest with myself, after my second failed back surgery, uh, it's not it ain't in the cards. I don't believe in ring um, for a major company, but uh, I truly believe the, the coaching stuff. And I I'm finally like grasping that whether I have more to give inside the ring compared to outside and teaching and helping and and that. I'm okay with that. I can uh, I can sign my fake name for the rest of my life, and I'm fully okay with that. Well, um, but it's just it's it. What it comes down to is I I have I love helping. Like I love when we when we have our school. I love teaching three times a week, um, and just helping the, the guys grasp and and learn new stuff that they wouldn't think about. Working with you know right aside. Finley for 10 years I picked up a lot I feel and uh, little things like he would just notice little stuff that no one else would notice and just kind of I'd, I'd hear him mention it at the monitor and I would just be like man how do you see that and it's just it's stuff like that that I'll always kind of take with me and and uh and really hold true to myself well, it's interesting to hear you say that, you know, one of the big conversations in the past at least 10 years or so has been about having more representation in the back. And I can't think of another little person that's ever been in a creative room or helped as a producer or anything like that, Dylan. So that's like a crazy thing to me is uh, I don't I don't ever view myself as that. Yeah, I uh, just because I've. And I talk about it in the book, Life is Short and So Am I, that I put out a few years ago, Um I've never been around other little people, so I always viewed myself as a as a normie, as one of you, you know. Oh boy, and... <laughs> I'm far from <laughs> talk to my therapist, Dylan. I'll let you know that I'm far from a normie, but I I sincerely but, uh, appreciate you saying that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's just it's so, but that kind of thing and really you know leading a a, a coaching and a teaching thing, role in that kind of way, and and being the stature I am, or there's never been, and we talked about Landon earlier. There's never been a uh, a second generation of a little person, as far as I know. And if there has, I don't know of it. So I'll be the, the I would be the first. Uh, but it's just one of those things that's really cool to me, and and uh, makes me think like I really do still have more to give in 
wrestling, whether it be um, in any form that I can still do to the best of my ability. It, you know, when I was sitting here thinking about it, like I, I, it kind of seems like since ever since you left, and I mean, you you and uh, Toro were doing a good job of trying to create a division there that just kind of never manifested. Outside of Microman, there's not really like a lot of little people in the business right now. Do you feel it's kind of uh, something that is uh, going to yeah, cycle so back in? There's a there's a bunch of uh, micro federations, but they're I don't know, man. I the way it's they're viewed and presented is still in such a, uh, a carnival way. Yeah. I truly feel that that's just how wrestling fans, if you see a full show of it, they're going to take it as that Um, rather than a, you keep it a specialty here and there. Uh, But a whole show of it, it's going to be viewed as midget wrestling. And, I don't want to be viewed as midget wrestling. I want to be viewed as wrestling, but on a smaller scale. Like it's just something I've always, I've always strived for. Um, Torito is the best of all time. No one will ever touch him when it comes to in ring ability ever. And, uh, but he, he was great at working with little guys or normies. And it's just, it's it's a thing that I think he wanted too. Is he didn't want to just be a midget wrestler. He wanted to be a micro and where he could work with all style, all sizes, and that's something I always wanted. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it kind of, it's it's shades of you know I, I don't want to talk comparisons, but it's kind of shades of the women's wrestling division, right? Like you look at how women were presented fifteen years ago, and then they just said, "Hey, let's start booking the women like the men, and yeah. maybe give them time and not." treat them like this novelty act that gets treated differently. I, I could, I would definitely love to see a space like that where we could see some, some similar attention because it shouldn't be that way. Nobody should feel like a carnival sideshow act in this. But it, I, it, you know, yeah, that's true. But I think it's uh, I think that's just how it's always going to be viewed. Um, No matter how good it is. I'll be honest, no matter how good it is. I truly feel that that's how it's always going to be viewed. And I don't know if there's a change to that. Interesting. Um, well, with WWE, man, what's so? What's your relationship like with them at the moment? You, awesome. Uh, yeah. When my when my I talked about on on this week on the podcast when my I, I got released, my uh, my real father said, "Hey, there's gonna be interviews you do. There's gonna be uh, people out there, you know, with your release, asking you qu- questions and that." He goes, he said he gave me the best advice. He goes, Dylan, there's no reason to burn a bridge. No reason. He goes, they gave you 10 years of living your absolute dream. There's no reason to talk badly about that. He goes, there are people out there that would be begging for the ro- the, the longevity that you had. That shouldn't have happened in reality. And so that's always been my thing. It's like, I have no reason to burn a bridge. I have no reason to talk poorly of a company that gave me 10 years of living my dream, providing for my son giving me an awesome life and making me a star that now I can sign that fake name still seven years later. Like I can't be mad at that. I can't. And so there's no reason to be negative towards it whatsoever. I mean, do you feel you had a hall of fame worthy career? Uh, I hate that. I hate thinking that way. I mean, I don't know, man. It's there's uh, people people in there that have done a lot less. I'm telling you every interview I do now that gets brought up. Does it? Yeah, there's something hate, to it then. I uh, you should maybe 
Sure. But I don't. You talked about therapists earlier, and if I were to see one, they'd kick me to the curb immediately or charge me double for the mindset I have on life when it comes to this stuff. I don't like to think positively on things because you can only be let down. That's a horrible mindset to have. Horrible mindset to have. But if I think, hey, this Hall of Fame thing, sure, it's going to happen, and it doesn't, when I pass on, and if it doesn't happen, I'm going to be upset. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than, hell no, it's never happening. And if it, for some reason, stupid reason does, they, like, list everyone ever. And then, hey, oh, we need one more this year. Okay, let's get Dylan again. Uh, Like the Vince's son or, like, the GM stuff. Hey, Hornswoggle, I guess, has to fill the role. Uh, If it were to happen, I can be surprised with it happening. That's just how my brain works. And it's not a probably not a healthy way to think but mm, not I, my my therapist would be very upset right now but go, ahead. <laughs> go ahead but that's just how my mind works man it truly does and it's uh so i don't like to think about the hall of fame stuff um i realize it's hit me lately that i realized i've done some pretty awesome things we all see vince's son dx uh just the debut in general I've done some pretty awesome things, but I still don't view myself as anything other than Dylan from Oshkosh because I've, I'm now back to being Dylan from Oshkosh. I'm released from that job. I'm doing this on my, this stuff on my own. I'm, I'm, I'm back to that. And so you should all, you got to view yourself as the Dylan from Oshkosh inside yourself. Can I just say real quick, Dylan, I actually, I worked for you. I, when I was a manager here many years ago, uh, I actually worked for ACW a couple shows. I think Dis or somebody got me booked. I don't remember who it was. Yeah. And uh, it was Ronaldo Piven. Um, I remember ch- watching you chasing your son around the parking lot, trying to put a diaper on him. And it was hilarious. And I'll never forget that the ring was, it was the only time I've ever worked a show where the ring was in a sand volleyball pit. It was at Baba Louie's in De Pere, Wisconsin. Yes. And I was wearing a full suit, sweating my ass off, mm-hmm. and had wrestlers punching me, and I had to fall into yeah. sand, sweaty, in a nice suit, yep. and it was the most disgusting experience of my life. I really, really hate sand when I'm sweaty, and I hate it even more when it gets underneath the collar. So that would have been, uh, been 2007, 2008? Maybe. Yeah, well, I'll, tell, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll throw a name out there that would have been there. It would have been uh, Bruiser. Winchester was on the card. I don't know that he got me booked. He may have had a hand in it. So it was, uh, yeah, because myself and Nick Colucci, Bruiser's partner, ah, yes, we were the ones, we were the ones running it at the time <sighs> up in Green Bay. I had not and thought of Colucci a, in a minute. A bit of a break. I focused on my son for a couple of years, and then we started back up in Oshkosh. See, that's how you didn't. Even, I don't think you. You probably had no idea I did that. Zero recollection. Yes. Yeah, no, I did. I worked for you there's briefly. A, there's a lot of uh, <laughs> that was that was man. That seems like so long ago. Dude, it, it was, and uh, man, it all—it feels like a lifetime ago at this point. Yeah. But I, I had, I made so many friends in the Oshkosh area. One of my favorite. Yeah. I, I love Winch. I love Maddie. Winchester. Yeah, he's great. He's Dude, great. what a cool guy. He got so drunk. He, we, I, we. It's a random ass story. He came up to me backstage. I think it was Joey Janela's Spring Break one or two, and he didn't get mm-hmm. booked. And he's just like, "Hey, there's this bar across the street. You want to go get drunk?" And I was like, "Fuck yeah, I want to go get drunk at the Beer City Bruiser." He was a wonderful man. Yeah. 
Um, all right. Hey, uh, that was a completely unnecessary little tangent at, at the end. Thank you, Dylan, for your time. Spotlight on you, not me, inside the ropes. Uh, what do you want to plug, put over before we put, wrap up here today? Before we put a bow on it, again, if you could, head over to YouTube.com slash Dylan Postel. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Leave a comment. Smash that, that vacation bell. Could, and then wherever you download and check out your favorite podcast, please check out the Going Postal podcast. It's Postal P-O-S-T-L, no A, no E, P-O-S-T-L. Please check it out. I would love you to. Each, every other week, we put out a new episode. We didn't want to do it weekly because there's so many podcasts out there. Uh, we, we were like, man, we want to give people a, a little week break and not have them, I don't know. It was just kind of my thing. And then with my schedule, this works so much better. And we like to switch it up. Like one week, we'll do an interview with someone. We had Ethan Page which was a great one. We had uh, Brian Myers. I had Brad Williams, the midget comic. Wee Man I had on there. Uh, I just had Kofi Kingston. Literally just, and it, we didn't talk about wrestling hardly at all. It was just about our friendship and just chicanery that we got into as buddies. And it was so fun. It was so many laughs. Um, got a couple really, really good ones coming up. So check it out. Going Postal Podcast. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.